What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was in Lucha Libre, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. And of course, a shout out to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing wonderful, wonderful. And, well, we got to round out this trio by bringing in who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey, hey that's me. Yes, gentlemen. I would say welcome, but we this is all of our <laughs> shows. It's not like I'm introducing yeah. you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm introducing you to those who may not know or to those who do know. Welcome back. Uh, we are, what, this is episode 94? Yes. That's yeah. what my notes say. Yeah. Yes. It's wow. Crazy. We are very close to the 100 mark. Cannot yeah. believe it. Um, that we've, we've made it this far. So, uh, as always, thank you to everyone who is listening to us who has before, as well as new listeners. I believe something that happened last week that we weren't aware of until it was posted. Uh, but we hit some great numbers out in iTunes Mexico charts. Yeah. Thanks to Pep for letting us know about that. Pep yeah. does the Spanish version of this show. And actually, I, it's kind of my role model. He does such good work over there. Yeah, Pep does a little bit of everything for Lucha Central. <laughs> yes. So, with that, for those of you especially listening uh, in Mexico, muchísimas gracias uh, for everything, for listening to us, uh, for you know, just being a part of this show. Uh, we cannot thank you enough. Estamos muy felices, uh, that you are listening to us, that you are, uh, you know, just, just part of our show, part of our Lucha Central family. Yeah, it, it's still mind blowing to think that, uh, we're reaching that many people in, in Mexico where again, Pep is doing such a phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. I honestly am just shocked that he's, 
he was under us in the ratings for two days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> y ya tú sabes que you, you can listen to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast en Español con Pep. Uh, pero si quieres algo diferente, if you want something a little different, estamos aquí for the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast en Inglés. <laughs> because I, I, I guarantee you we are two different shows. I, I yeah. we, we, no, we very much are. I, I listened. I look at the topics they talk about, and they, um, that's why I like what I like to see that. Though I like to see, and we we focus a lot more on American stuff as we probably should, because the English fans are much more aware of the American luchadors as we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good points. But that's the you know variety is the spice of life. So we are just uh, very honored to to be able to have a great yeah. counterpart show uh, to Peps. And again, thank you to everyone who listens, both in the states, uh, in Mexico, and anywhere else. We truly appreciate it. We do this show to hopefully entertain, to educate, uh, and and just you know celebrate in the love that is pro wrestling and lucha libre. So as we head into this week and weeks in the future, just know we got you all in our minds and in nuestra corazón. In our corazón. That's the heart. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to remember, I'm still on the show. You can't just do that. I'm like, well, I, you know, this is, this, is, this is the Spanglish. You know, that's, that's my, that's the best Spanish I have is Spanglish. I promise. I promise. Well, you know, we got a lot to cover, as always, on this week's show. So let's kick it off. We'll have Brendan start with news of the week. So uh, just real quick, I want to start by giving the, the big shout out. Expo Lucha has been busy on social media. They've been announcing matches for Expo Lucha. They've been announcing sponsorship deals. Take a look on there. We're not covering as much on Expo Lucha right now because we've got this big event, a bunch of big events coming up. But uh, we will be talking a lot about what Expo Lucha is up to in the very near future. But if you can't wait, go over to ExpoLucha.com or follow them on any of the social medias. They're on all of them. They probably even have a TikTok at this point. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh we, uh, I did want to mention that, uh, we, in other fun things for English fans, uh, Republic of Lucha did have their, their big pay-per-view. Unfortunately, at time of recording, I had not been able to see it yet. So I want to, I'm going to go over the rundown of the matches that are, are supposedly on it. And we'll go from there. Uh, hopefully I will have reviews for you next week on, on the, the count, but it's on fight right now for $9.99. If any of these matches entice you, $10 is a small price to pay as Vince McMahon will honestly remind you all the time with that stupid flag on top of Titan Tower. Uh, so we have. Only $9.99 a month now. <laughs> You'll always get me with that impression. Yeah. Dust. <laughs> even you. when I, even when I know it's coming, it still gets me. Uh, okay, so they did have a few matches. They uh, and I want to thank Cubs fan for running this down for me uh, because he even has this note on here that for this first match, Lucas Riley uh, versus Cameron Gates and Dom Kubrick, who is the Santino brothers. 
champ. And they, he said that's most likely going to be a dark match, which would make sense because these are not big names, but these are all uh, big up-and-coming names, which is why I wanted to give him a shout-out here, especially uh, Santino Brothers champ because uh, those guys tend to go on to do two decent things. Um, and then we'll have uh, Danny Limelight and Sly Spooky against Steve Flip and uh, Tome Flip, I believe is how you say it. And Jacob Fatu against Lindsay Dorado. Nobody wants to hear about that. We we talked about that last week a lot. Dante Martin, Darius Martin uh, against Aries and Ray Horus. Uh, Chick Tormenta versus Taya and what could be the the runaway hit on this. And Penta versus Johnny Caballero. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Nine ninety nine on Fight. We will have reviews coming soon. Uh, if, if more than just me wa- watches it, we might even have like some conversations about what was really cool on this. Last week we were talking about Paris Del Mall, and then and and said, I believe there's a faction over there, and it's like the the news heard us <laughs> uh, <laughs> because this. It. This week, Nosawa announced that Tejano Jr. would be coming in as a new member of Paros del Mal Japan. So there we go. They didn't give any dates. They just said he's coming. Uh, hopefully it's, it's sooner than uh, Veer on, on Raw, for those of you who watch Raw. <laughs> Zing. It's been like a year. <laughs> Uh, they uh, they've also announced Dragon Bane and uh, versus Alpha Wolf versus Ninja Mac is going to be on their 429 show. So uh, and then uh, Hiho Del Dr. Wagner Jr. will also be on this. Uh, those who are less aware of Noah, they've had a strong lucha presence for a long time. One that super crazy has uh, has got frequently goes over and does tours. Uh, he actually. In my presence, called somebody on uh, in the upper management of Noah just to casually chat with them. It was a very surreal moment in my uh, in my car riding experience. So, uh, and then you've had uh, so you having any of these guys uh, on the show one at a time, but you're gonna have potentially you could have five different luchadors in in pro wrestling Noah, which is uh, an amazing feat for Japan. It's not like here in the States where they can just come across the border. They got to get up there. So very cool stuff. And now, you know, uh, they, uh, they're, I checked, they're actually in multiple promotions, but Paris Del Mall, Japan is, uh, definitely making a big presence in Noah as of right now. And then, uh, we were talking about covering a lot of this stuff. The world in Lucha has the majority of their card, their, their card listed now. That's going to be on the first, uh, which I believe is the Friday. Yes, it is. Uh, so, and it's going to be, uh, so you have to choose your matches, your, your shows carefully on this, uh, WrestleMania weekend, but this world on Lucha sounds amazing. Uh, we have some guy named Psycho Clown against Dr. Jun- Wagner Jr. in the main event. I mean, that's, that's, we talked about this in depth last week. That's going to be fantastic. And I'm so glad that they, uh, they went into to business for themselves. We'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm actually somewhat suspecting that we're not going to get a clear cut winner because they want to build to an apuestas match. That's my 
my phantom booking right there. So we'll see what happens. I think, uh, I think we're going to get a big brawl. We're going to get a lot of action and either somebody cheats or, uh, they, nobody, get, nobody gets the clean win this time. So the, uh, the fans are clamoring for more of this. Uh, Pagano's going to be there as well. And against, uh, Sadika in an extreme rules match, cause, you know, we've gotta have your cookie sheets and, uh, <laughs> skewers somewhere on the show. Uh, Jack Cartwheel against Johnny Caballero, Tony Deppin versus Sikosis, and, uh, I mean, I, I didn't know I needed that match, but now I can't think about not seeing that match, so. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Gringo Loco. <laughs> Uh, Gringo Loco, Abismo Negro Jr., and Demonic Flamita against Laredo Kid, Ray Horace, ASF. Uh, again, just wow, 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 yeah. wow. What a talent, uh, that match. Right? <laughs> and it's a great mix of, of like vets and, and hot up and comers. So, yeah. you know, you can, you can get some real magic out of that. Uh, AR Fox against Ninja Mac, which, uh, I mean, for those of you who, uh, still don't know a lot about AR Fox, but we're watching Lucha Underground, right? If you remember all the stuff that, uh, you, that AR Fox was on there, just imagine him in there with Ninja Mac now, and, uh, there you go. I think that's what we're gonna see. And then, uh, uh, still scheduled to appear is, uh, Hugo Savinovich himself and Drago Kid. So, I mean, they've got some surprises they can pull out on this one too. I am super excited about this whole card. I'm still trying to figure out a way to, to get down there and see as many lucha matches as I can. Uh, there's probably more. So, like, those of you out there in earshot that are planning on going down there and you, you already know what shows you're going to, let me know what shows that I might need to check out, cause I'm still working on an, on an agenda and, and ways to make this happen. And then my last story for this week in the news is kind of unfortunately a bit of a downer. Uh, they, uh, Warrior Jr., who I we didn't talk about this when it happened several months ago. He went to the hospital with a neck injury during training. Uh, at the time, I was like, "It's it's a training story. Not a lot of people know who this kid is, uh, and and a lot of not a lot of details were out there. Unfortunately, he did pass away. It looks like uh, earlier this past week." Uh, and Dallas even made a in-ring comments about it on the show, on the, on a CMLL show, basically saying he died in a CMLL ring, kind of implying that he was training for CMLL when it happened. Uh, some of the rumors were that he was, uh, it was during, it was doing powerbomb spots where they were just learning how to take a powerbomb, which is, again, this is your reminder, these people that, that, uh, are, entertaining us are putting their their necks literally on the line every time they go into the ring and just learning how to take this sometimes is uh is a dangerous thing uh Even when you know how to take it it can be very dangerous yeah. like the yeah recent big e situation it was just a fluke but mm-hmm. or tyson yeah. kid you know i mean yeah. it just yeah. happens yeah and that's that's kind of what i wanted to bring it around is that it's 
it's kind of the story right now. People getting neck injuries uh, or, or people coming back from neck injuries. This is a big thing in wrestling. And unfortunately, this is the ex- one extreme end of it. Uh, but, you know, they're just generally being aware of, of, of this and, uh, I'm like Lucha schools trying to train people. They're, they're dramatically changing how schooling is going to work in Mexico as a result of, of this and other accidents. So, uh, I'm interested to see how that goes, but we've been just all over wrestling. We've been talking about it. Dusty just mentioned Big E. Uh, there's some other stories going on. I'm just going to let you guys throw out anything you want to talk about on this because it's – Yeah, Go ahead. we had kind of talked about it before the show, but there had been a lot of uh, consternation on Twitter against Paige because they wanted to know, like, why hadn't she come back? You know, she kind of teased before the Royal Rumble that she might come back, and people were like, Edge came back. You know, why why can't you come back? Yeah. Daniel uh, Bryan came back. Yeah, Daniel you, Bryan. You know? Yeah. And, and I think – yeah. Yeah, different injuries, different people, different healing times. I, I, you know, hate to speak ill of it, but Paige definitely doesn't have a steroid body type compared to some, and so she may not heal up as fast. I was going to be a little more diplomatic about that. <laughs> both of those guys had a career of wrestling. Like they were, they were both amateur wrestlers or other in other athletic pursuits where they were building up the muscles in the neck and shoulders a lot, and. Mm-hmm. Paige, you can look at her build and you can know that she didn't necessarily go through the same uh, intense training that way. So, yeah, her recovery time just naturally looked to me like it would be longer. And at least with with Edge, it was uh, it was not a guaranteed thing. that He was going to come back. The doctor actually told him this will make life better for you and make a risk of a fatal injury less. But I can't promise you you're going to get back to wrestling. That was all on Edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and you're right about just how, you know, even though we know it's the same general injury, we don't know the in, the details of injuries that may be within, you know, the same uh circle. So what Paige's injury looks like may be very different than what Edge or Daniel Bryan or, you know, Big E or, or whoever, you know, ends up having these serious types of injuries that um you know, just just really impacts not only their correct wrestling career, but their overall health. So I yeah. think it just goes back to, you know, one, I think sometimes fans can just have an expectation of anyone healing, you know, in such a short amount of time, regardless of injury. Um, and we even, you know, talked about it in a similar but different note. Kenny Omega um, mm-hmm. right now is cover- recovering from a myriad of injuries and surgeries. Um, and, and yet people are putting, I think, such a short timetable on his return. Um, cause from what I understand, he's had a, a series of surgeries to address hernia issues, to address shoulder issues, uh, on top of getting COVID. So, you know, I think that we just don't always have the best understanding because also we only know what we know. There may yeah. be other, you know, background issues uh, or health issues that can cause complications mm-hmm. besides just the original injury. But uh, so the other side of it is this this thing that we, that we as fans and I still call myself a fan on this. We see the wrestlers as, as more they're, – they're superhuman in a lot of ways. Like in story, they will come back from an injury. In story, they will – something that might 
seriously injure a normal human being, they just bounce right back up from. And so it's really hard to to pull yourself out of that headspace at times and go, well, you know, you I've seen you do this. I know you I know you're super tough and you're you're an elite level athlete, so you should be able to to recover. And some of them do, some of them don't. I do want to swing around to uh to the Big E's injuries as well. Like I want to state flat out this is not his surgeon. This is but a surgeon who has dealt with a lot of these neck injuries did make a social media statement on it saying if based on what they have released about his condition, the odds are not very good of him coming back to wrestling at all, let alone anytime soon. Uh, and that's even with modern surgery, like the ones that, uh, Edge and Daniel Bryan had. So like, you know, and he, he rattled it off, like the risk of, of, uh, like instant death is really high if uh, he re-injures that. So, like, you know, maybe don't stick, go into the ring if, if the words instant death are being used. I'm just saying, you know, and that and I know that was something that Paige talked about a lot, like back in the a uh, couple of years ago when, when people were like, well, you know, what are your chances of return? And she's like, I could be paralyzed or die in the ring. Um, you know, it's, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. It's it you know it's a, it's a it's a thing but uh, I, I was and I'm rambling now I'm <laughs> sorry carry on guys do you have more you want to toss in on this No I just think the way you phrased it like that at the end you know where you mentioned that she could be paralyzed or die in the ring it really helps put it in perspective I think people kind of forget that that could happen you know that she could very easily die and. I mean, that's scary, and when you see it in perspective like that, it makes it a much more understandable decision to, you know, not come in early, to not jump the gun on everything. Yeah, to wait until you get, like, super cleared. Not right. just Not just, I think you'll be okay, but, like, no, you will be fine. Is Yeah, know. cleared in a second mm-hmm. opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, anybody... Uh, so I can I can tell you this from from strong authority, and I know both of my co-hosts here can say this too. Everybody gets hurt in wrestling. There's nobody who doesn't they don't show up hurt. So you're already running the risk. Of, you know that they talk a lot in the locker room about the difference between being hurt and being injured, and uh, you know it, it it's a it's a thing. There everybody's a walking talking. Bruce factory with, uh, you know, all the, these things. So despite the fact that they're trained to Dusty's point from earlier, like they're trained to land and do all these things, freak accidents can happen, but also you just always, always hurt. So you're always at higher risk of something going just a little bit worse because you're already starting from a poor spot. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, just that at this point, I'm just going to say it to anybody with all the wrestlers in the earshot. I appreciate you guys doing that training five nights a week uh, or more and then do just to do two shows over the weekend. So, so uh, you know, I appreciate all of the, the, the work you guys put in and all the hurt that you're constantly in just so that I can see somebody hit somebody else with a cookie sheet and then do a destroyer off of the apron. So it's- I guess the second that too, to a big 
thank you and level of respect to all the schools that are really taking this yeah. seriously. Um, you know, we've, we've talked to even, you know, Gabe Ramirez from Pro Wrestling Revolution, mm-hmm. um, that talked about all of the steps that they take to ensure safety, his recommendations on finding good school like school yeah. that has insurance school that you know takes safety into consideration and so uh all the schools that really make an effort to mm-hmm. train you know these newcomers safely and make sure that they understand what it means to work safely and to provide an environment where that's a priority yes yeah i i do want to gabe's what did come to mind when he was talking because he even when I described my injury during our interview with that, he even said, well, it's, you know, you didn't do enough push-ups. So, like, he knows all the proactive ways to, to train somebody up, and, and other schools will do that, too. So, yeah, you, you make a strong point. Thank you to all the schools out there. I, I'm always pro-school, and I, I'm glad that you were there to catch me and, and bring bring that into perspective. All right, Brendan, thank you so much for news of the week. Any news for Andy Roundup? I'm going to do a quick uh, crash report here. They had a show on the 18th for Auditorio de Tijuana uh, in in Baja, California. Uh, they had six cards on the on the the show i'm going to skip the the opener because we've got a few more big names on the other ones we had destiny and septimo dragon and black danger and scalibur in a uh, they were trying to fill the the crash cruiserweight championship which had been vacated i believe during the lockdown era destiny came out on top on that but that um, my goodness that sounds like a loaded car- match right there uh, you had a hardcore match with Proximo and Toto, and Proximo came out on top on that one. You had, then you have Arandu, Starboy, Zarko against, uh, Ugamobilia, Super Astro Jr., and Zombie. Arandu, Starboy, and Zarko came out on top on that. And then you had Dragon Lee and Dralistico against the Flip Brothers again. So you're just, those guys are showing up everywhere. Uh, and that was for the Crash Tag Team Championship. Uh, no, it was not for the Crash Tag Team Championship. I need to finish reading my notes. Uh, the, uh, Bestia and, uh, and uh, Mecha Wolf were supposed to be in there. It was supposed to be for the Crash Championship, but they were not on the card, probably because they are at, were at a scheduled NWA appearance. So there was no talk of the titles for this match, although uh, it still sounds like an amazing match. And then in your main event, you had Sinta the Oro, Penta Zero M, and Lince Dorado in a three-way match for the Crash Heavyweight Championship. And I would not have picked the winner of this match, so they probably swerved a whole bunch of people in the building. Sinta de Oro came out as the new Crash Heavyweight Champion. So, uh, oh. right? Yeah, right? I mean, against Did the... not expect that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is still a really big name. Like, you, a lot of people may not recognize that name, but that is one of the two Mysticos, so... You know that you're you're dealing with a big name that people will will is a big draw in Mexico, 
so that I, I think they they uh, they made an, a strong choice that uh, I think it might pay out pretty well for the crash. Also, he probably can make more cards than Penta in particular, who's still the the indie guy that appears everywhere. Um, so, but yeah, there you go. That was I just chose that one result this week. We will. Uh, as always, we will we will cover as much as you want. I know that that lucha's going on all over the place, and uh, um, you know, just let me know, even if it's a single match on a card in Alaska or Idaho or somewhere where you don't think lucha is normal. Just send me your results. We'll do socials at the end, so you can let me know. Thank you, Brendan, for news of the week and this week's Indie Roundup. You know what time it is. We're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who's going to bring us this week's Lucha Central Central. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love 
For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much, Denise Alcedo, who let us know well, what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network with this week's Lucha Central Central. Up next, we are going to be rolling into our main news of the show. We are going to start with AAA. Yeah, the card for Triple Mania Night 1, Triple Mania 30 Night 1, what they're calling Chapter 1, that's being held April 30th at the Estadio del Baseball Monterrey, was announced this week, and it is a fantastic card. Very exciting. First up on the card, we have a Marvel match, followed by the Copa Triple Mania, a Lumberjack Strap match this year for the Copa Triple Mania. Then we have the first Roulette de la Muerta match between Pentagon Jr. and Ultimo Dragon. That's the matchup I'm most excited personally about. Oh. Like that, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what a matchup, right? Like pay-per-view and the it's not in a place this match, but it builds to one. Yeah, just, yeah, a lot of cool stuff there. Next up, we have the mixed tag team triple threat between Lady Maravilla and Latigo versus Octagon Jr. and the all-new Sexy Star versus the team of Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti as part of this year's AEW contingent at Triple Mania. Penta kind of fits into that in a way, too. But we'll get to that some in, more de- in some more detail here in a minute. We also have L.A. Park versus Viano 4 in the quarterfinals for Roletta de la Muerta. I know, like, this is going to be <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Next that, up, yeah. So good. Well, and like to see these old school guys go at it, there's going to we'll get to the kind of yeah. flippy stuff yeah. here in a minute. But this is like <laughs> the other side of Lucha, the bloody brawling side of Lucha. Yeah. Two guys that just want to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going to be a hot match. <laughs> Next up, we have a tag team three way between Dragon Lee and Trilistico versus Johnny Superstar and Taurus. Versus Luchador Sapresa and Laredo Kid. Then we have a, our next Ruleta de la Muerta quarterfinal match between Blue Demon Jr. and Rio de Jalisco Jr. And uh, I believe Blue Demon is 55 and Rio de Jalisco 62. So you're going to get to see two old men beat the shit out of each other. Love I, it. <laughs> I, I got to see Rio live at a at a recent event and he can still throw a mean punch he doesn't mm-hmm. he does not tope very much but he <laughs> walks like a hoss now i mean yeah. like yeah he's got grandpa strength and he'll mess you up <laughs> <laughs> and then next up we have a, a trios match that features some really interesting teams on both sides first team is bandito pagano and taya versus andrade cybernetico and diana Parazzo. Oh. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I see you, Triple A. Yeah. <laughs> They're showing up big. <laughs> big. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, and you know that match is going to go hard. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think even the hardest. I mean, just that tease of Deanna Parazzo and Taya in the same ring. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this feels like a prelude to what we hopefully will get in a singles match further down the line. Um, but everyone in this in this match will go hard. It's so exciting, and I think that it'll be. Exciting to see, like, the interactions of Andrade and Bandito. A lot of the, you know, U.S. audience may not be super aware of, you know, the types of things they can do in their past. And so I think this will be really great match. Next up, we have what may be Brendan's favorite match of the night, the final oh, quarterfinal of the Ruleta de la Muerta, Kinect versus Psycho Clown. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Press slam that clown through the ring. Well, I mean, look. <laughs> this is one where it feels like you kind of know who's going to win. But what, do, what, what do we know? No, Kinect is a walking, talking legend. I mean, he is one of seven people to press slam Andre the Giant. So, I mean, yeah. we know AAA likes Psycho Clown, but there would be no loss of shine if he loses this match. No, that's so, true. And this uh, has to be a dream match for Psycho mm-hmm. Clown. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, this had to be kind of his... Well, we've seen some guys wrestling luchadors, you know, in GCW and stuff, but this has to be his version of it. You know, he's got enough stroke at, a- at AAA that he could set up any match he wanted, and and the fact that we're getting Connect, like that's that's good. And it's in the first round, like you say, that sounds like Connect wins to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because then you can have him lose against somebody else in the next round, yeah. and exactly. Psycho Very Clown true. won't won't lose to, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and and again, it's the fans will go crazy for it. Like that will be a good feel good moment, and that like even Psycho Clown, even though they love Psycho Clown, Kinect winning in front of them at this point is still going to be a big reaction from the fans if that's how it goes down. Yeah. Um, and you're right, Dusty. That's probably my favorite of the first <laughs> <laughs> well, It's such a fun pairing in an interesting way. Yeah. yeah, just a lot of cool stuff. And then the main event, like I'm excited. I'm really excited for this match. Phoenix and Eo Del Vikingo teaming up in a tag team match against Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Mm. Yeah, there's your flippy match like yeah. it's gonna be insane yeah. like if you want your flippy stuff west coast yeah. match that's yeah there be. you go <laughs> well and the young bucks being the evps of aw we've mentioned this before like vikingo has to be somebody they've got their eye on now they're in the main event with vikingo kenny wanted to drop the belt allegedly the only person he was willing to drop the belt to was vikingo like he just wasn't willing to lose to anybody else and which is a shame because yeah. uh uh, yeah, we said it before. Andrade was such was just just they had right the there. perfect spot mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. yeah, and and if he didn't want to drop to Andrade, they should have hot shotted the Vikingo match a little, and then had Andrade beat Vikingo. I mean, that yeah. would have been huge too. Or have Vikingo beat Andrade? That would have been huge. Yeah. yeah, a lot of options they didn't follow through on. But given the – and we've mentioned Vikingo, but I think being the big deal, they featured the AAA Mega Campion Championship on on AEW before, and the kind of large AEW contingent we see this year. We've got the Young Bucks, we've got Sammy and Ty Conti, and we've got the Lucha Bros that we know of. There's still a couple of surprise spots that 
you know, could be populated. But given this and given AEW buying Ring of Honor, and we kind of talked about how strong the Lucha vibe and the whole Lucha thing was to Ring of Honor recently, and if you're trying to retain recent fans, do you think this would be more of a AEW talent coming in so that Triple A talent goes to AEW, or do you think it's like a Ring of Honor thing? I, go ahead, Miranda. I hear you. Yeah, sorry. no, I was gonna say I don't. I true. I think this may just be another way for them to showcase the AEW talent, but I true. I don't think they're gonna have a triple A AAA talent crossover to AEW. I feel like if it is, it is going to be very selective, like maybe an Eho Livikingo, but he's the I, only guy I see going. Yeah, to he's AEW. the only guy. So I think that this is one a way for AEW to continue this interpromotional for or, or forbidden door type of concept and to also branch out to another market that they've honestly kind of neglected. Um, I think they put so much of a focus within the partnership with New Japan and now they have, you know, this whole other company with ring within Ring of Honor trying to broaden out that fan base because we also know that they are, are a lot more dedicated to current wrestling fans. And so if you're not necessarily trying to gain and garner, uh, you know, say, say new wrestling fans or, or your bread and butter is more, you know, independent wrestling fans, then having more of that international reach still allows you to capture a new fan base while also staying to the core of what, you know, the companies is stay true to. So, um, I, I do think it's just a great way to, to showcase some of their talent, a lot more of their talent that has Lucha Libre experience and background that maybe, you know, AAA or, or even AEW fans don't really know much about, um, and bring AEW just to a, a wider audience. But I don't feel like it's a completely two way street. I feel like AEW so far is just so, has so many people right now that if they were to bring someone over, it would only be one, maybe two people. And, and as we discussed, it's likely would be Vikingo. He's the only guy in the main event that's not AEW. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's yeah. kind of a natural, I mean, like it's, you know, we, we talk a lot about what the different matches or what different finishes telegraph. And the fact that he's the only non-AEW guy in the main event and Kenny's high on him. Obviously, the Young Bucks are high on him or they wouldn't be having this match. It's a pretty exciting situation for Vikingo. I don't know that anybody seized on the pandemic era any better than ben- Vikingo did because he – kind of came into a you know a guy that you knew was going to be big and he came out of it the guy yeah. and very exciting for me after to retiring yeah after retiring him. in the middle of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so so uh, first off i agree that, that at least from the aew perspective they're probably not wanting as much triple a talent coming up to their show however as Dusty has has categorized for us over and over again for for months now, you have this stupid FMW or uh, FMV, yeah FMV full FM, adventures yeah. yeah yeah lawsuit going on, which mm-hmm. is kind of preventing them from doing any sort of uh, direct overtures inside the United States. However. If you are in a full-blown partnership with Tony Khan, who has two promotions to play with, 
you can do all kinds of things, and I would not be surprised to see a Worlds Collide-style pay-per-view happening that's being done through AEW, because that Ooh. still puts Tony Khan in, as looking like a magnanimous person. It hits all the nostalgia vibes, because there are a lot of non-Lucha fans that still have good feelings about that period of WCW, and yeah, I mean, just you heard the reaction Dusty just gave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a lot they can do, uh, with, with bringing that. And if, if AAA is still serious about wanting an American audience, this is, this, is there a big foot in the door to do that? So they may be inviting all of this talent down there to their shows as a way, as overtures to have a, a bigger and stronger partnership. Um, and both of you, I am ashamed of you for not mentioning and may, forcing me to do this. Of course it's two guys, cause they're gonna push Psycho Clown up into the United States too. So they're gonna put him on Ooh, AEW. Good point. <laughs> good point. I don't know though. The dynamic around clowns is different with kids in America than it mm -hmm. is in Mexico. It's less jovial. And, you know, a, a scary clown named Psycho Clown, it, I mean, he can come in as a natural heel, so yeah, that's true. That's if he wants to be the heel. I think yeah, he likes to be the baby that, face. Yeah. He's like a John Cena in Mexico, yeah. and so, yeah. I mean, this would be Hulk Hogan level turning, it's, you know. So yeah, it's possible. It, I think I it would think be refreshing. Yeah, it would be refreshing. It'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. It would be very refreshing. But well, I, I think remember Doink. Like, when he was a heel and started, like, I uh -huh. loved Doink. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a uh, – I can go on a whole a whole night about that because Matt, <laughs> Matt Bourne is a Pacific Northwest legend, and I see his, just all kinds of coolness that went on in that storyline. But that's a whole we – can, we can maybe do that on, on, uh, on the chair shot sometime. Yeah. <laughs> We can talk about doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've derailed you, Dusty. Keep going with your eight. Well, that, that's that's pretty much it. You know, just you know, Kingo being the only guy in the main event that's not AEW, and you know, kind of telegraph. I mean, I don't want to say that we've seen signs that AEW wanted Vikingo all this time, but they definitely wanted to work with him. And I, I think that he, I, unless we see some talent come up into Ring of Honor, like you say, a pay-per-view, we know Tony Khan's a WCW fanboy. We'll kind of touch on some of that later, but very exciting stuff. Lots of stuff happening in AAA. There's a big show this weekend, I believe, in Tijuana. I don't have it in my notes, but we'll have the results for that next week. And check in then. Check in at LuchaCentral.com. They'll have the results there, too, faster than we will, but we'll have it with a little more style. <laughs> gotcha, Zesty. We already started talking a, a little bit about AAA. I'm not sorry, AAA, AEW. Uh, so, Dusty, go ahead and take us into this week in AEW. Yeah, our only really big Lucha news was Thunder Rosa came out for an interview with Tony Schiavone, but she was immediately interrupted by Vicky Guerrero, widow of Eddie Guerrero, who bizarrely started right. saying some racist and, and just strange stuff Him, about uh, Rosa's citizenship in the United it's States. It's the dumbest ever yeah. thing God, I've ever... It was awful. It was this is not... why AEW. You're getting so much shit about your women's division. Oh just, my god! Let's, yes. let's just 
let's just put this out there. Like, literally, what the hell? It just this makes no sense whatsoever. Oh. You had one of your most heated, best women's programs in your company's history, and now you literally come in and shit all over it. I'm sorry. I just had to say that because it was yeah, so, it's so true. random. The it women's was... division deserves better. Like you've got Thunder Rosa, you got Jamie Hayter, Emmy Sakura, Sheeta, Serena Deeb, all these people. And like this is what we get. This is what we they get. They don't deserve they don't deserve their women's division at this point. They don't It's like, like when you abuse, you know, a toy so much and, and you're like a parent and you take it away, you're like, I'm taking it away until you learn how to respect your toys better. I kinda want yeah. it to just like you should just stop until you learn how to respect your women's division better. Better right. whatever. Uh, and it was all in the same 15 minutes too. You got all three women's segments in the in in 15 minutes or less. Like somebody pointed that out on on Twitter, which is just crazy. Yeah, and uh, always right before the main event when there's never enough time, so they always rush through them so that they don't have yeah. to rush the main event. And and Vicky's participation, like based on who she is, was quizzical to me. The I guess the point maybe is that she's a hypocrite. But Rosa just mentioned in a big interview that she was a huge Eddie fan and felt pretty disrespected by how Brock Lesnar had acted towards Eddie. Mm. And then they have his widow come out. Well, and it also feels like just pure lazy booking. Like, oh, every – anytime – like, Yeah, well, 80s. Yeah, 80s That's, booking, but also just the fact like, okay, Nyla Rose is the first big challenger. She's the, you know? always the first big and, challenger. And I just yeah. feel like, one, then it diminishes Nyla's role because she's not she's, winning. So she's just why, the final boss, yeah. Yeah, she's just like a final – not even a final boss, the first yeah, boss. she's the first boss. <laughs> she's, she's the one you have to beat to get to all the other bosses. Yeah, so Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Uh, and and – it, even more so, the the uh, you don't have your green card and other things of that nature. That angle is has been played out for a long time. Oh my like, gosh, yes, yeah, that was for a company that that tries to value on being innovative, on being unique, on doing things differently. They yeah. utilize exactly what you said, an '80s trope. Um, with a dynamic that really doesn't make any sense. You could have gone in so many different directions here, but exactly. going for the cheap heat was something that I expected better from. Uh, and Vicky Guerrero is a genius at getting heat. So yeah. like, exactly. So you know, why not do something else? That's what I was going to say. She could have just come in and been mad that Thunder Rosa mentioned Eddie and just, you know, Bitched her out, and yeah. I mean, Vic, Vic I is mean, great at stuff like right, that. Right, right here is is promo material. Like I, I know, I knew Eddie. Obviously, I know Ray. You're no Eddie. You're no Ray. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You, know, you think <laughs> you you represent you know the Mexican culture and the Mexican people. You know the Guerrero family. You know represents like there's so much that you could do it that stills more yeah. in alignment with Heat, but not mm-hmm. not. Just something that's so outlandish and so. Uh, and then you just, can get, have Nyla react to that, like you know, why am uh, I getting involved in this feud? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, have or a, also that just way. in yeah, just in general. I mean, if you're gonna reuse the same shit over and over again, just use you know, Nyla is the native beast. Nyla is you know someone yeah. that that is the is the first rung you know in the in the ladder of. Uh, Thunder Rosa's title defenses. Like you could have gone that route too. 
you know, granted, it may have not had the same effect, but if, if you're so worried about that, then stop booking the same fucking things. Yes, exactly. And and they did it with Britt Baker. Like, Britt Baker, she's only okay in the ring, but they treated her like a big deal, and they made her special. And they started to do that with Thunder Rosa, this ascension through the title scene. She builds up all these wins, and then they do this, and it just felt like somebody popped our balloon. Yeah, well, the I I feel like, and this was the problem for me all along. Uh, Britt Baker ran out the women's division, and then Thunder mm-hmm. Rosa show, showed up, and everybody knew the writing was on the wall. Like Thunder Rosa, one hundred percent, we've known for a year because she Britt Baker beat everybody. But the problem then is, who's the next big challenge for Thunder Rosa? Because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your your wrestling math says if Britt Baker beat everybody and she just beat Britt Baker, who's actually a threat? They had to they had to have been using the last year to build other people up, and they really haven't. Uh, mm-hmm. The undercard of the women's division, to Miranda's point earlier, has been woefully underused, despite having some some phenomenal athletes, mm-hmm. some you know some some really interesting characters, uh, a, a couple people who are a cross section of both. And and they just have not put them in in a spot where they're they're doing much like you know. Um, well, and also <laughs> then you have now a secondary title with the TBS title, so now you've kind of split your roster in half almost, Absolutely. where you're having to need concurrent title feuds. And so when you have, you know, say you need to also build people up for Jay Cardgill. Now, I feel like mm-hmm. that is slightly different because that is right now look as more of a, a different title with a different uh, right. base of, of people. Um, and Jade herself, you know, hasn't had as, as much of the plethora of feuds and even matches um, mm-hmm. as, as Thunder Rosa. So I feel like, but at the same time too, maybe it, it's challenging now that you have to book concurrent title feuds or, or stories. Um, and it, when you've already had a challenge with booking one title story and feud for over the past year. So, so I liked what they were doing originally until I thought about it with more, because by having this title for, for the, the, Younger girls. I'm gonna. I don't necessarily mean age-wise. I mean mm-hmm. the ones that maybe are are needing to work their way up to being on the, the this super main event level. Not just the main event level, but the Britt Baker. We can headline a pay-per-view level, right? The, it's a good title and a good place to have. It's a good place to have a Jade Cargill, who, to your point, has had very few matches. It's a good place to put your Kylan Kings, your Layla Hirsch's, and all these people that yeah. can be good. But but they they the they need credibility, and so I liked that. But then I realized when I afterwards that after I started that, like nobody's at, at that that next level other than Britt Baker and maybe Nyla Rose, except for every time they have Nyla Rose compete on that level, she gets she she gets one big match and then loses. Mm-hmm. So her credibility is kind of shot too. Uh, yeah, I don't, so it'll be interesting, but there are a ton of women's division wrestlers between ROH's releases and WWE's releases that haven't shown up in a major promotion then, uh, but are still working the indies. So there's, there's stuff that could be going on. And again, if we start bringing AAA stuff up, 
Uh, we could see Taya show up. I'm going to keep throwing that yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what I was getting ready to say. It's like, as far as a credible challenger that would make you think, can Thunder Rosa beat her? Have Taya show up. Yeah. Well, and also, I'm very curious what this means, but Deanna Parazzo right now is the Ring of Honor Women Champion. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and right now, she's defending that on, on Impact right now, along with the AAA Reina de Reina's title. Uh, so what does that mean, you know, for Ring of Honor? You know, will they require her to vacate the belt? Will they just not acknowledge her and uh you know create a new belt um will she actually show up on a ring of honor event to uh you know have a match with someone like that's a very much of a wild card factor right now with the ring of honor women's Mm -hmm. championship that could throw something very interesting in for aew so i mean we didn't cover this and uh, we don't have an ROH segment on the show right now but a lot of that's up and up for in question here like uh we don't know what's going to happen with the AEW heavyweight championship or the pure title we don't know you know so yeah there's a lot of things that could happen uh with with that particular all of that particular sort of thing uh but Diana's kind of in the most interesting spot because yeah she's defending that belt on a as yet not involved show uh, <laughs> the way they they handled the forbidden door last time i don't think uh impact's going to be in a big hurry to to start working <laughs> with AEW again yeah to have uh, their kind of women's star pinned you know to yes. yeah you know i mean i feel like whatever happens becomes a triple threat for ring of honor mhm i well i i think I don't know, so Tony's booking it, so I can't predict as well, but I think the ROH way of handling it before would have been to have, uh, a, a, uh, tournament for a, a quote, interim champion, and then you can just kind of work it out down the line where maybe you get Deanna Perazzo when she's not quite so hot over in, in Impact, and she needs a little bit of a boost. But, that's, uh, that's not what we're going to get, I guarantee, because uh, Tony has some very different ideas on, on how to do things, as we've seen. Yeah. But, I, I mean, do, didn't we get a little bit more of a tease of Sammy and, uh, and, and uh, Tay going down to AAA on, this, on a recent episode, too, or did, was, uh, did I dream that? Um, they're definitely kind of aligned and feuding with Scorpio and Paige Van Zandt. Mm-hmm. And, but I do feel like they, they mentioned, I can't, I should have taken better notes, but <laughs> I, I feel like the, there was so much other stuff going on with the whole segment. Uh, yeah, but if you saw it, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> there was um, a lot going on with that. Segment. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they did mention something about them going to Mexico and doing lucha moves and or call it called Ty a luchador or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And speaking of luchadors, AEW and AAA in a way, Andrade next week, he's going to go up against Darby. Finally, they get that one on one match on Dynamite. Very exciting. We'll have the results for that. Looking forward to that. Who knows? Darby's going to do something crazy. Uh, you know, as Andrade would say, how you know, because he always does. Everybody yeah. that I work with is sick of how you know, because that is catchy. I say it all the time. <laughs> but how you know? 
How's your book? <laughs> uh, so, so we, uh, that's the thing that I'm looking forward to on this because Andrade is, is really good at helping people fall with style for one, but uh, yeah, for- that's a nice way to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really is. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, there's an art to it and he's great yeah. at that. And and then uh, he's not afraid of those big spots. So, like, it, we're going to probably see something really crazy, and I'm probably going to be afraid for Darby's life again. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's reminding more reminding me more and more of Aerostar in, in AAA main events, like, as we're going on, where I'm just like, you're going to do something, and I'm going to love it, but at the same time, I am going to be afraid for your life. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a hot match, especially for Dynamite. I thought they'd be saving this for a pay-per-view. And, but they've really – I mean this week you know, was a little bit of an exception. But they've really brought the heat with some of their recent episodes with uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker last week and then next week Andrade versus Darby. I mean there's some pretty hot main events happening on Dynamite right now. So keep well, an eye on that. Yeah. We talked about that. I feel like they do that at the expense of their pay-per-views right they now. They do. This should have been at Revolution. Andrade versus Darby should have been a singles match. And and then, you know, we talked about Rosa should have won at at the, the pay-per-view as well. Like just Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was Revolution. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I I uh we're 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 going into minutia on on the way that they handle things in an American company that doesn't seem to. I don't want to say they don't care about luchadors, but they don't emphasize luchadors. So yes, <laughs> that's a great way to phrase it. They don't give them the spotlight as often as other yeah. styles of wrestling. Even I feel to a degree the Japanese style gets featured a little more on TV. Maybe not as yeah. recently, but in total on AEW for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well the EVPs were all big all on, on Japan, yeah. Japan yeah. so yeah. Next week we'll have the results of Andrade versus Darby. Probably something with Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. I can't imagine they're going to let that one hang in the air much longer. So I think we'll see something with that. A lot of exciting stuff coming up. We'll have all those results next week. Yeah. Stay tuned to see if we yell at more stuff. (laughs) If? If, yeah. If, when, who knows? Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. So this week in Major League Wrestling, something that's a little less agitating. Uh, (laughs) uh, Of course, MLW Fusion this week. You can catch it on YouTube on Thursdays as well as I believe on Saturdays on BN Sports. Uh, But just one hour a week on YouTube for free. This week, uh, we had the return of Killer Cross to MLW for the first time in over a year. He faced Bud Heavy in a pretty straightforward squash match. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, um, Killer Cross gave Bud Heavy uh, the opportunity to hit him in the face, not once, but twice. And then Kevin said playtime is over. Uh, Kevin Cross, or I'm sorry, Killer Cross won by referee stoppage, which is kind of a unique way, but in Major League Wrestling, anything goes, and you can win by referee stoppage. So I want to see more of that in all of wrestling, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that is one of, again, one of the unique things about MLW is the emphasis on hybrid style. You do have, as we talked a lot about Lucha Libre, but also mixed martial arts, also traditional wrestling, you know, uh, catch wrestling. They do all of that. And again, why fusion? It's called MLW fusion because uh, as a product as a whole, MLW really does a wide range of, of wrestling. So, um, you know, this, again, was with just the reintroduction of Killer Cross. No uh, input in storyline yet. So who knows if he's going to be making frequent appearances, if he's going to be in a feud. But this was a great welcome back for Killer Cross. Uh, we did have a few interesting segments this week. One, we had a great promo by Los Parks who opened up their very new restaurant and beat up a patron that maybe <laughs> had had a problem with their food service. Uh, so Los Parks at it again, uh, pretty much causing chaos. A very other interesting uh, spot that happened on this week's show was TJP visited Cesar Duran's office, and he specifically was looking for a title shot. TJP was very open in saying he is the Forbidden Door, and he's putting the stop to the Forbidden Door as well with all of the wins that he's accumulated. Uh, Cesar Duran was about to give him a title shot, unknown, you know, as far as no, no big emphasis on what title it was, until EJ and Duca showed up and he was specifically asking for 5150. 5150 had beat him up the week earlier and so he wanted revenge. Cesar turned around and said, sure, but who is going to be your partner? EJ say he doesn't need a partner. Um, and is going to take 5150 on himself. So that is being advertised for next week. But as you can probably get a sense from this tease, TJP looking for gold. EJ Nduka is looking for a tag partner. Who happens to have the tag team gold? 51-50. So we may see this partnership between EJ Nduka and TJP come about to face 51-50 next week. Just my prediction. Just a lot of initials in that match. Also, yes, lots of initials. <laughs> We'd have to come up with a fun tag team name for TJP and EJ because <laughs> it's just alphabet soup right now. <laughs> A very funny moment of the show was Theo Savio Vega making his return. We haven't seen him on TV for quite some time. He showed up and he snuck into Cesar Duran's office. He got to his desk, opened up his briefcase, found a little bit of, of money there, took that, and then opened a suitcase that was right next to Cesar Duran's desk. And when you know it, who was in the suitcase? Microman! <laughs> What? <laughs> yes, Microman was in the suitcase there hiding the whole time. Microman. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? I'm about to tell you why. Microman has been spying on Cesar Duran. He has been able to listen into all of the workings of Cesar Duran. He shared some very private news to Savio Vega, who said, they need to find Court Bauer immediately. So they ran off to go find Court with the news, the secretive news that uh, Microman had found out while hiding out in Cesar Grant's <laughs> office. That's, I'm not making this up. What's that? Uh, it's a suitcase. It's a briefcase. What's in there? A little man? Okay. Yep. A microman. <laughs> a microman. <laughs> I have a little man who's in a suitcase <laughs> telling me all of Cesar's secrets. 
If that's the case, it's not. And a little man in a mask (laughs) and a cape (laughs) hiding out in a a legit-sized suitcase. So now I want to go down to the MLW experience. Right? That's exactly what I was going to say. There's not a suitcase in the, in the And I, if there is not a suitcase with a micro-man in it for me to have my picture taken with, I want my money back. Oh, man. <laughs> off the rails. This is off the rails. <laughs> We started by talking about Microman in a briefcase. <laughs> Suitcase. Suitcase. But, not but, better. Yes, he's not yes, that he's, micro. He's not that micro, but yes. He was, I, I, he's still partially man. Yes. <laughs> God. Microman, MLW's biggest star right now. I you can't even believe it. But the, you know what the worst part of this is? Is it's still not the most ridiculous story in wrestling or lucha libre. Oh no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But the thing about Micro Man taking down Cesar Duran is very hilarious. Yeah, super hilarious. Lucha Underground is rolling over in its grave right now. <laughs> They're just wondering they, they why they didn't pick up it first. <laughs> That's so true. This. You know they wish they put Mascarita Sagrada in the suitcase. Yes. They had him in the sidecar, but they needed him in the suitcase. Well, he's too big for a suitcase. Uh, they could have got like a military duffel. Yeah, yeah they could have used movie magic. Or a file cabinet. And he or opens a file the drawer. cabinet, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a locker. Just, just stuff him in a locker. Yeah. Brendan, you did mention about April 1st, Azteca Underground. That is still happening at, uh, in Dallas. Uh, and a few more matches have been announced. Uh, MLW has announced that we are going to get a trios match. The Von Ericks will be teaming up with Hammerstone to face Richard Holiday, King Muertes, and Mads Kruger. That's going to be uh, yeah. an awesome fight. We also are going to have a super lucha match, a super lucha match, Bandito versus Flamita. Uh, so you know, Ring of Honor fans, you have uh, this there's, throwback too. There's still unsettled storyline with that too. Cause, yes. Yeah. Is it, it's, are they billing it as Flamita or Demonic Flamita? They are billing it as Flamita. Ooh. We may get Demonic Flamita. We will see. Because uh, I think that's one thing that MLW was very much spur of the moment sometimes uh, yeah. with, with some of the, the bookings and things or how things are announced and, and put together. So we may see Dark Flamita, but it, right now it is being billed as Flamita. Interesting. We also are going to have a grudge match between Enzo and KC Navarro, who have been feuding for quite a few months. And then a four-way for the National Openweight Championship. The challenge or the champion, Alex Kane, will be facing ACH, Myron Reed, and Puma King. Puma King. Yes. Yeah. So those have been the newly announced matches. Of course, with other matches that have been announced, we talked about last week a Mexican strap match. Adamis versus Gino Medina. This is where the ring will be surrounded by luchadors and MLW wrestlers in a lumberjack style. However, they all will be holding straps. So if either of them gets out of the ring, they will be violently beaten with straps. 
Lucha. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's I, I, like an it, unrepentant child. They did yeah. this. They did it in the NWA first. So I mean, we we have some some credit for this kind mm-hmm. of madness yes. too. Mm-hmm. We also are gonna have Octagon <laughs> Junior versus Matt Cross and a Super Estrella de Trios match. As we've already mentioned, Microman will be teaming up with El Dragon and Aerostar to face the trio of Strange Sangre, which is Aris, Mini Abismo Negro, and a Luchador Sorpresa as well. So that are, those are all the matches currently announced for the Azteca Underground show on Friday, April 1st. Again, too, some really cool interactive experiences that will be available at the show. Of course, first and second row ticket holders will be uh, enjoying early access for a pre-show VIP Lucha Lunch with a taco bar. As well as uh, a journey to the shadowy destination of Cesar Duran's office, the place where he makes matches, schemes, and holds court. Uh, please let us know if there's a suitcase there. We just need to go. <laughs> With the Microman. We need that. We need that so much. Speaking of, Microman will be there for a pre, uh, VIP meet and greet. Uh, you could take a photo with Microman, um, as well as Cesar Duran will have his own meet and greet opportunity as well. Those are pre-orders. Those are separate, uh, outside of the, the actual ticket to attend. And of course, Caesar's Heist, which is where you can search Caesar's Cathedral of Violence on an Azteca treasure hunt before the show kicks off. So that and much, much more uh, available for MLW Azteca Underground. And I'm really upset that I'm not I will not be able to go because uh, this sounds just like a lot of fun. Uh, maybe there's a, a suitcase with a microman on the treasure hunt, too. Ooh. Wouldn't that be amazing? Book it, MLW. Book it. You've opened this Pandora's box of Microman. You have unleashed Microman to the world now. Oh, you yes. can't take it back. I. They need to make a T-shirt with that on it too. We'll, we'll get there. We do have the Microman like Super yeah. Mario Brothers shirt, which is it's, adorable. It's the best. It's super it's adorable. Great. I I I love it. This is the lucha we need. This is the lucha that we deserve. <laughs> Thank you, MLW. As much as I just literally spent 10 minutes yelling at AEW for their dumb decisions, this is a dumb decision I can stand by. The, right, this, is, this is the dumb decision hill I will die on. This is where where the, the, the bookers and all the people in charge never understand because the fans will respond positively to something like Microman in a suitcase. But... <laughs> Sometimes you do other weird things and they're just like, no, no, that was too much. Because Microman in a Suitcase was the least racist thing that happened on television this week. (laughs) That's why. It's as simple as that, AEW. It's a whole That's true. Oh, my God. (sighs) Nothing about that racist. That segment was racist. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) <laughs> no. that, that's the secret to booking apparently just don't be racist <laughs> wow that's yeah that's that all it takes in booking in 2022 just don't be racist boom you win <laughs> well microman jumping out of a suitcase is funny anywhere anytime no matter that's what true. language you speak like oh, that that's universal. the universal that's the universal <laughs> language indeed yeah 
That's universal. MLW bringing the world together. Uh, (laughs) Thank you to Major League Wrestling. Don't forget, check out this week's episode of Fusion, where you could see Microman hop out of a suitcase to talk to Savio Vega about (laughs) all of Cesar Duran's secrets. (laughs) If this is not... <laughs> this is not a test. <laughs> this is not made up. I'm not high. I'm not under any influence. I'm not joking. That is a real thing that happened on MLW television this week. Bringing the people what they want. Bringing the people what they want. So make sure to check out uh, MLW Fusion each and every week on Major League Wrestling's YouTube page. Up next, well. It's that time of the week. It's where we teach you a little bit of something for nothing. It's This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. For information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You may notice some format changes here and there to this week in Lucha Libre and the weeks to come. We're going to try to shake things up a little bit, try to welcome in some more conversation. And we're starting this week by remembering the legend and legacy of WCW. WCW aired its final episode on March the 26, 2001. And in a short time, WCW and especially their flagship, program, flagship program, Monday Nitro, they did a considerable amount to introduce luchadors and lucha libre to the wider u.s audience starting with the wcw kind of produced and helped pay-per-view when worlds collide they really introduced luchadors to the wider american audience you had guys like psychosis eddie guerrero ray mysterio show up later through wcw you had ultimo dragon Juventud Guerrera, Jushin Liger, L.A. Park, when he, back when he was La Parca, Fishman, so many guys, luchadors and cruiserweights, that got their first chance to reach a wide mainstream audience within the U.S. Uh, there had been a lot of lucha matchups, but to me, the pinnacle of lucha libre within WCW and within the United States, for that matter, at that point, was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in the mask versus title of Puestas match at Halloween Havoc 1997. I had a dub tape of that show live from the pay-per-view. I watched it about a hundred times. Great match. I'm sure you've all seen it. It was a special moment in time, special moment in their careers. But the impact that match has had on so many wrestlers today, people like Santos Escobar have mentioned it and kind of thrown back to it. Seth Rollins even called back to it with his gear when he feuded with Ray. I also wanted to give honorable mention to Jushin Liger versus Ray Mysterio from Starcade 96 and Chris Jericho's mini matches against Juventud Guerrera. Those five guys really expanded mm-hmm. what luchadors could do and what lucha could be in the United States. And mm-hmm. it can't be understated how important it is. They were on the cutting edge. Like, we think of luchadors flippy stuff, but this was really the beginning of that. Like, this, these are the guys that made you think of it that way. They pioneered that style. And without WCW and the cruiserweight division to have an international platform to do it, lucha wouldn't be what we know of lucha today. It's just incredible how much influence it had and how much it meant. And I don't think its influence on American viewing of Lucha Libre and the American idea of Lucha Libre can, <clears throat> excuse me, can ever be overstated. Uh, Brendan, what are some of your thoughts and memories of WCW? 
okay, so first off, uh, I want one of the biggest things that WCW did was they forced the everybody in the wrestling world to consider Lucha Libre at that point in time because. Uh, and over in the WWE, they started doing the junior heavyweight division, which they put people in mass for. In Japan, you started getting, uh, Taka Michinocho, Michinoko's promotion started having more and more mass wrestlers as it grew in popularity in, in WCW, which was inarguably one of the biggest promotions in the entire world at that point in time. So Absolutely. that, that alone, it just tells you about how influential it was. You mentioned a couple things. One of the first, the first feuds that comes to my mind, came to my mind was one you alluded to. You, uh, Chris Jericho and Juventud for, that ended in, uh, it didn't end, but it, it kind of really reached its height in that, in, in a place this match, which we talked about, uh, in a previous this week in Lucha Libre history. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's, it, you know, it was a big deal. Uh, and, and then, um, to your point, the, the high flying style, particularly of Ray and Psychosis, like I'm, I know Eddie was, was big on it too, but like right. Ray and Psychosis really, really, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray was really the star <laughs> of that. And Psychosis just a very cool second. Yeah, but, uh, if it wasn't for Psychosis being such an amazing base and an amazing counterpoint for, for that style of wrestling, I don't think it would have looked nearly as cool. I mean, Dean Malenko did not look, make High Flyers look nearly as cool as Psychosis did. I just, you know. No. And, uh, but you, you still had, you still had, uh, your, your respect. You had the Vianos. Exposed to the, I mean, yes, they were more kind of mid-card job guys up in WCW, but you still got to see legends of Lucha Libre do like their, their brawling style and, and a tree and trios matches that made Lucha famous. So we got to see a lot of Lucha Libre. We just didn't know we were seeing it at the time. You can go back now and go, this was authentic Lucha Libre product that they just probably let them do. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's just all in all, it's super cool legacy. Um, I'm going to, before I ramble too much, I'm just going to toss it over to Miranda. Yeah. No, I think too, one of the things was the presentation from WCW. Uh, I remember watching, uh, all of the segments that Mike Tenay would put together and have with his travels in Mexico and yeah. educating the American fan base for it. And specifically him as a commentator. And of course we've talked about it many a time, but he was and still considered that American expert on Lucha Libre and being able to provide that context to the American audience on the rules, on the legacy, on the history, the families of Lucha Libre. And I mm -hmm. think that that has been one of the most respectful ways that it has been presented to the U.S. audience. It was really the first time that Lucha Libre was looked at not just as a, a comedy sense, not just full of stereotypes, but as a different form of wrestling and that was one thing wcw did well even though it may have not caught on fire like some of their other storylines the presentation of japanese wrestling the presentation of lucha libre it was mm -hmm. all the really they embraced it and brought it in as kind of the melting pot of the the dna of of wcw um, and again, it may not be things that fans recognize, but it was truly one of the best presentations of Lucha Libre to U.S. audiences. I mean, WWF 
had always struggled in that arena um, prior to that. WCW really found that. Granted, with some help from ECW, because let's be honest, you know, we got to I, I, that's a we're crucial saving, step. In we're between. saving that yeah. for another another show. That's another day. That's yeah. another day for another show. But, the, uh, yeah. but they, that was like the proving grounds that brought yes. it to WCW. Yeah. And I think even without that, like then we had luchadors who became broader mainstream stars like Eddie, like Ray, even, you know, Chavo um, and yeah. even, uh, you know, uh, Hooventude and Psychosis. You're skipping El Corazon here, Chris Jericho. Well, yes, yes, I yeah. was jumping, jumping around <laughs> there too. Well, it's yeah. also Dragon. Yes. Yeah. yeah he got exactly. in on that wave because mm-hmm. yeah, he was he more did. Mexico City than Japan. It's easy to think yes. of him as a Japanese wrestler, mm-hmm. but like Ultimo Dragon lives lucha. Yeah. He lives in Mexico City. That's his life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it. I don't know what the direction would have ultimately looked like. Now, granted. By the time WCW kind of had the revamp in 2000, that element of Lucha Libre was was gone. You know, they had really kind of focused more on their main stars. But that was really a big foundation of the growth of WCW. And who would have known if, you know, WCW would have lasted if they would have ever pivoted back to Lucha Libre. Um, I think it's still been something that WWF, even now, 20 years down the line, still struggle with. And we talk about it constantly uh, with, you know, the stars that they brought into the fold, uh, people who they've let go, um, even with the glimmer of hope that we had last week on NXT. It's nothing that's been super consistent. Now, granted, you've had people that we've talked about that have moved beyond just this being pigeonholed as Lucha wrestlers or, or that style. So I feel like that's where that, growth has happened in WWF or WWE, but WCW as a whole really pushed Lucha Libre to a newer audience, to people like us who would have never really known about it outside of the the lines of Mexico to a weekly episodic television product across the U.S. So I feel like the influence is insurmountable, and I think wrestling would look so different today if it wasn't for WCW's investment in Lucha Libre. I I do have to bring up a point which I I had thought of and you you kind of brought me back around to remembering it again. Before WCW did this, to the majority of Americans, Lucha Libre was Mil Mascaras, right? Like he he was the he was in the movies, he was in the WWF, he was in in the NWA, but he was very, very much doing he was he was doing a movie star stuff he wasn't really doing lucha lucha as much he was wearing a mask he knew where to stand to get the best attention he knew he knew and argued and like i've heard stories from all over the wrestling world uh the american wrestling world on this he argued to have those spots so that he could look good like that was that was what he was there for is he was to be colorful he usually would be the baby face, but it was it was very much an American style thing where he would come in after the hot tag, press slam somebody and and then get a win. Right. Like that kind of thing. Uh, so that might be what we'd still be looking at. It's just American wrestlers with with masks on doing American wrestling stuff. We might be seeing the Patriot over and over again. Like it's a terrible reference because the Patriot wouldn't be over right now. But yeah, uh, he's the best. He's the easiest first one i always think of when i think of american mass yeah. wrestlers 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you mentioned, the movie star thing, if it wasn't one of those guys, they, they might know the Lucha movies. Some people had seen those late at night mm -hmm. and that was their whole perception of luchadors. It's like these guys yeah. that fight vampires. Yeah. So WCW really, I mean, they're, like I said, their importance in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the history of Lucha Libre just can't be overstated. Not at all. Uh, it was a good way to start this this style of segment where we kind of really discuss, yeah, uh, what what lucha look this week in lucha looks like or the legacy of lucha or the history of lucha, um, and yeah, I mean we already said it. We're probably going to do an ECW one, but there's you know the WCW is definitely the the place to start because that's really where it exploded in the U.S. Well, don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre over at LuchaCentral.com. And, of course, match of the day on LuchaCentral.com. But there is so much more that you can find. Not just that, but more. Brendan, can you let our <laughs> listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? All right. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English. And in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre all around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this... It's free. So get over to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Brendan, go ahead and take us into this weekend's CMLL because we have some great news points. We had, yeah. So we had, uh, as usual, CMLL had a lot of shows, but they had one show that was kind of loaded and we had a few things going on. So uh, we had a... a an Apuestas match, but not just an Apuestas match, a ladies Apuestas match featuring Reina Isis versus La, La Vaquerita. I know I'm slaughtering that. I apologize. Um, they, so you, that's mass versus hair. Uh, and, uh, Reina Isis retains her mask, uh, with a little bit of help, but, uh, she did, so La Vagarita has has a new haircut going on, which again, when you think about Apuestas matches, we usually talk about the, the, the men's matches, like men, the handsome men will lose their mask, the beautiful ladies will lose their mask, but seeing, uh, seeing the ladies lose their hair is, uh, is pretty rare. I can, I think, uh, Fabi or Mary Apache is the only other one that comes to my mind immediately. And I think that was the last time I saw one too. Uh, so kind of interesting. I was, I was super into that. You, uh, then we had a new set of, of trios champions crowned. There was a whole tournament that took place throughout the evening, culminating in, uh, Gamilio Diablos one and two teaming with Sagrado against Atlantis. Grand Guerrero and Ultima Guerrero, which again is kind of, was kind of a weird, uh, weird, uh, 
Rudo technical pairing, and uh, if this were the WWE, the whole storyline would be how would they get along? And the answer seems to have been they didn't, because uh, Gamilio Diablo 1 and 2 and Sagrada wound up winning the trio's champions. Uh, which So, interesting, two things that were interesting to me on this. One, that the, the uh, Rudos came out on top, and two, that it was... Both of the finalists were were not trios. They were, were both tag teams with a bonus person. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes up as a top contender for the trios championship in the near future. Um, and then they had a main event, which was Averno and Mystico as a as a team. I that's an, already a bizarre relevance. Incredibles right there. Those who don't know. The history between those two, like the the comic books were pretty much written on those two fighting each other and, and with a fight forever energy. But they were uh, as a tag team tonight against TJP and Voldemort Jr. So TJP wins the award for being talked about in the most segments tonight. <laughs> but he's... I don't know. I think we said Microman at least 50 times today. Yeah. <laughs> But it was all in one segment. Okay, fair, fair enough. He does. He is talked about in two segments uh, tonight. So well, yes, now we just... now we spread Microman to this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, not... it's just like that guaranteed contract. For every time we say someone else's name, we have to say Microman twice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice, but way I more fun. A suitcase. Yeah. You open it up. Oh, Microman. If we, Microman. Say, if we say it enough times, will he show up in a suitcase? Microman, oh, microman, man. microman. Yeah. Ding dong. <laughs> You're not gonna find out till somebody knows your secrets. <laughs> well, he's gonna be really bored in my room. <laughs> this guy really likes lucha. Oh, well, that's not a secret. <laughs> anyway, so before we derail further. Uh, Averno and, and Mystico did win. Uh, so again, I just, I, I need to see this match. I did not see this match, but just the storytelling going on of having those two in a tag team together and they won. Uh, I need to know what's going on because I feel like that's gotta be some, setting something up. Like, that's just crazy to me. So, but that's my CMLL results for this week. I, I will definitely be keeping an eye on this and any, they're, they're filling a lot of belts right now with tournaments. So every time they, I catch them doing that, I will report on that as well. Um, but that's it for this week. Thank you, Brendan. Up next, we have this week in WWE. Dusty, go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, just a couple of quick notes. First up on, Monday Night Raw, we had the Mysterios defeating the Dirty Dogs. This match was a real mess. Miz was on commentary. Seth comes out in the middle to interrupt and demand a WrestleMania match. It was all over the place. Dominic got the pin on glorious Bobby Roode. Afterwards, the Miz hit a skull-crushing finale and snatched Ray's mask and ran off. He said that it was Logan Paul's dream for years to have one of these masks, so he got it for him. Setting up the higher emotional stakes, that mask snatching, I mean, that, that's real stuff. Like, you got to get your revenge about that. Yeah. Dominic yep. had a towel, like, so fast. He was ready and got Ray's face covered. 
higher emotional stakes for WrestleMania, you know, the possibility now, it's looking like the Mysterio family might win at WrestleMania. Monday, if they get the mask back and kick the Miz's ass, they're going to lose. But if they, you know, don't get their mask back, the Miz doesn't get his comeuppance. Mysterio's at WrestleMania. I'm calling it now. Then on SmackDown, we had Los Lotharios fall to Nakamura and Rick Boogs. It seems that with Big E's neck injury, as we kind of mentioned before, the plans for Los Lotharios through WrestleMania aren't going anywhere anytime soon. This match was really just there to build up Nakamura and Boogs as serious challengers on their way to the tag titles. But it's unfortunate for the upward momentum that Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo had had before with the New Day feud. Looked like that was going to roll into WrestleMania with them. Hopefully we'll get to see them two nights. There's a lot of time to feature talent, but I wouldn't hold my breath. We'll see what happens. We'll have more <laughs> more WrestleMania news next week in our preview. We'll record it before it airs. We'll have a preview for WrestleMania next week. So stay tuned next week. Lots of WWE news. Thank you, Desi. On to, well, the other part of WWE, and that's NXT. Uh, two matches to note for this week's show. One of them, well, I couldn't really find, so I had to look up. And so that is because this match wasn't part of the Hulu episode. Uh, when I, I went through it twice to see, did I miss it? And apparently this was live on USA, but on the Hulu uh, playback, it was cut for time, possibly. Um, and that's Electra Lopez versus Fallon Henley. We saw this feud uh, kind of hit, hit a peak last week during the chaos that was uh, uh, was uh, Dominic Mysterio versus, I believe it was Raul Mendoza. Uh, and so this time we had a one-on-one -on -one match. Now, before the match got started, though, the uh, playing the odds were were evened out because Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, who have aligned themselves with Fallon Henley, took out Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde uh, by brawling with them in the back. Uh, and this match, though, was fairly quick. Electra Lopez winning with the power bomb. Uh, and this may lead to a feud, further feud down the line. But I think it is important that Electra has her own feuds. We haven't really seen her in a feud at all wrestling since the whole hit row, uh, feud with Legado de Fantasma and B Fab. She's had some matches here and there, but I do think that she needs to have a, a proper feud. So, this may mean more matches down the line um, and even just a, a trios match, possibly uh, with Fallon Hen Henley, Briggs and Jensen versus Legato Le Fantasma. The main event of the night, though, was the finals of the Women's Dusty Cup Classic. And we had Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. This match, you know, I, I've been very surprised on the great teamwork between Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. A very different direction for Dakota Kai in general to be in, but really good chemistry. As well as the great chemistry between Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. They're two women that just like to fuck shit up. And so why not team together? One of my favorite points of this match was a beautiful drop kick that Io Shirai landed on Dakota Kai to break up a, a pin attempt. Uh, that Wendy had on Kaylee Ray. Just great thinking and, and work uh, of Io Shirai. She is truly the genius of the sky because she utilizes her her 
you know, arsenal of, of flight, both in the offensive and defensive. It's fantastic. Um, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray won this match. Of course, Io Shirai with the beautiful moonsault to win. They celebrated, uh, but also in kind of an odd ending. Talk about women's booking uh, decisions. Uh, they announced that they were cashing in. So, uh, of course, the winners of the uh, Women's Dusty Classic uh, earn a NXT uh, women's tag team title shot. And they decided to cash their title shot in um, for at a fatal four-way match. Um, and so instead of having just a singles match, they've decided to cash it in on a fatal four-way. Uh, so just kind of interesting uh, setting for that, but overall um, entertaining. I, I as as the person who wants to believe that, just honestly can't find that appealing because um, why would I as a person who has a guaranteed shot say I want to give myself a one in four chance and I'm yeah. not involving Steiner math here so <laughs> right I mean granted Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai are the type of women who love to fight so that's the yeah. only reason why this somewhat makes sense but that's a super long shot yeah that's reaching I think yeah but Whatever. I've yelled enough about women's booking tonight. I'm not. I'm, it's exhausting. <laughs> this is exhausting. That's just just generally awkward booking, not just women's yeah. booking. No, that's true because I believe the same thing somewhat happened with the uh, winners of the men's Dusty Cup, where pretty much the 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 shot wasn't necessarily there. The the winners didn't necessarily get like a straightforward title shot. So yeah. it's kind of like they're. Having this great tournament and they and they you know have this result, but ultimately it's not necessarily being utilized as such a great opportunity if anyone can kind of bypass it for a title shot. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway, just stay we, tuned to NXT. I still have hope for NXT. We're like, a little salty about WWE product right now, folks. Yeah. We'll come back around at some point. But. Yeah. Don't don't worry. Look, Santos Escobar is still going to be in that ladder match. Uh, at Stand and Deliver, uh, so Lasica, I believe, uh, qualified for that as well, and a few others. So that is going to be fire. A Kid um, also qualified for that match as well. So it's going to be fire. It's going to be it's going to be good. Um, yeah. So you know, there's still hope there. Don't give up on NXT, people. Don't give up on NXT. For the very last news story of the week, this is a last minute edition, but there was a few notes I did want to bring up and, and hadn't talked about in a while, and that's Impact Wrestling. Yes, we are back talking about Impact Wrestling, mainly because the opening match of tonight's show was just too good to not talk about. And I haven't seen it yet because at the time of recording, it uh, I have not watched it. But for your opening bout of tonight's Impact episode, you had Willie Mack versus Laredo Kid versus Mike Bailey. And this was a triple threat match with the winner going forward to face Trey Miguel and Ace Austin in another triple threat match for the X Division Championship that's going to be for the Rebellion pay-per-view uh, coming up very soon. 
soon. And so Mike Bailey won that match, which isn't surprising knowing that that's who they're pushing right now. But to have all three men in this ring, I, I did see some pictures on social media and it definitely looked like a really good match. Of course, Willie Mack and Laredo Kid um, in the same ring. Hello, but then yeah. you have adding kind of this this newer factor in Mike Bailey. This itself has the formula to be just uh, something exciting to watch. So I will definitely be going online to watch it, finding it. I highly recommend. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but you all should watch it. We all should just watch it. <laughs> we should just watch it. That's it. That's all, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Um, and so we just just yeah, go ahead and watch it. Willie Mac, Laredo Kid. Mike Bailey, good shit. Go ahead, watch uh, it. We'll wait. <laughs> wait, yeah, go wait. Just come back in. <laughs> the other news story I wanted to mention, this has been circulating now for a little over a week, but uh, Hernandez is reportedly done with Impact Wrestling. Uh, this is coming from Fightful Select. They have noted that Hernandez is no longer uh, in contract or working with impact wrestling this comes at a moment where there has been several other impact stars who have left like rohit raju jake something kimberly ec romero so um kind of impacts way of uh either letting talent go or not renewing contracts or moving forward um but hernandez itself he hasn't been um, seen on television, I believe, since early of this year, back in January, and he rejoined the company back in 2020, um, and he'd been working intermittently uh, since then up until January, and Hernandez just has a long history with uh, Impact Wrestling. He was uh, at one point the TNA World Tag Team Champions, uh, also part of LAX, and then previously when Impact was aligned with the NWA, part of the NWA. WA World Tag Team title uh, champions there with Homicide. So uh, one less, you know, luchador, lucha adjacent wrestler on Impact Television. Uh, but also, you know, someone who is at a point in his career where he can easily swing in and out of uh, opportunities and working with promotions. But, uh, you know, just a, another sad note for Impact Wrestling, losing that Lucha Libre uh, and Latino presence that uh, I think would do very well there. It's a very unique company, very unique storylines um, and a lot of rich history, both good and bad but uh, still a, a good hidden gem as well. So still recommend that everyone keeps an eye out for Impact Wrestling. Uh, I know they're doing big things at WrestleCon uh, with the, the WrestleVerse Multiverse. Uh, what is the, the name of it? The Multiverse of Madness show um, where they're, you know, putting together some crazy dream matches, uh, working with Ring of Honor uh, and putting together some really interesting <laughs> dream matches there. Yeah, it should be a good show. Yeah, and that's the that's the beautiful thing. I mean, as as much as AEW likes to tell, you know, the forbidden door, Impact Wrestling has been truly the promotion that has opened their doors wide. 
for lots of companies. They were really true, the holding place for Ring of Honor, just until we found out that Ring of Honor was being bought. So they really helped keep things like the Women's Championship on weekly television. They gave, you know, some Ring of Honor talent the opportunity to still have that television presence um, while all of this was being sorted out. So I always have mad respect and love for Impact Wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, That is this week's show. We made it. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also check out Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central and on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. Of course, you can check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has the archives that is the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, both in English and in Espanol, as well as exclusive interviews and matches that you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media dusty can you let our listeners know where they can find you yes i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy and i am on instagram at dusty murphy and brendan can you let our listeners know where they can find you yes i am 321 t-shirt guy that's the numbers 321 t-shirt guy all spelled out i am on facebook i am on instagram and i'm all over the twitters And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. Do not forget, if you are an independent wrestler, promoter, fan, just reach out to us. We would love to highlight and talk more about you on the Indie Roundup. We'd love to promote independent wrestling throughout the United States. We want to be able to sure be sure to rep Lucha Libre wherever it is. Like Brendan said, you could be in Alaska. You could be in D.C. You could be in Florida. You could be in Montana. You could be in California. Wherever you are, we want to make sure we try and cover you here on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And one last reminder, if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get notification each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know what you think, things that we should cover, maybe things we shouldn't cover. Are your thoughts and opinions about our thoughts and opinions? Let us know online. We'd love to interact and let uh, and just know your thoughts on the show. We've done it another week, number 94 in the books. Thank you all so much for listening. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be with you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.